probably the biggest issue in the show is probably Reva. Should have been almost a different crew of Inquisitors. What did they cut out in the finale to make sure that there's a season two? Here's what they should have done. Don't make Freck a traitor. Damn it, all in there. Just get it in. Just start chucking it. Just start chucking it. (laughs) Ninety nine nerds episode thirteen. We are back. No David this time. It's just me and Sean. David had severe diarrhea today. So oh, he is you don't have to say that. It's not true. <laughs> no, he had uh, prior engagements. I don't know. He's a good uncle. He's a gunkle. He's a gunkle. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. That's probably the name of a Star Wars creature. A gunkle. It's probably Gunji's brother. Gunk. No. Gunk. <laughs> Actually, no, it's it's Gunji's uncle is a gunkle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good call. Um, what are we talking about today, Sean? Uh, so we want to talk, talk about kind of a idea, which was if we had written Obi-Wan Kenobi series, right? what would we have done? Yeah. Now, fortunately for us, our job is so easy mm-hmm. because the show has already been written. In True. hindsight's 2020. We're about to hit that and Monday so morning And so there is also nothing to be lost or risked by our, us putting our opinions out there. True. Because we don't have hundreds of millions of dollars to worry about losing. Right. So we just want to talk about, hey, what did, what did you, what would you have done differently? I would say, though. In your omniscience of the future. If we had hundreds of millions of dollars to lose, Lucasfilm and Disney would have gained billions of dollars. And then they would have handed us. Oh my gosh! Hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. Hundreds of thousands to of then potentially lose on the second season. I mean, I would have settled for like, like lunch, <laughs> like Wendy's or something. Dang! With don't George, sh- don't short yourself. Maybe like a higher end burger. I, there is no. I, don't, I mean, burger. I I like chicken sandwiches. Chicken sandwiches are great. Spicy chicken sandwich would have been fine. What's like your go-to spicy chicken sandwich? It's going to be the Wendy's one, but to be honest, the older I get, the more I'm less satisfied with the, uh, the portion, portion size sizes. of the meal. I feel That's, like Wendy's is ripping you off. I think that is. I don't, I don't really know what on. to say. I feel like I feel like there's a part of me that knows when I give them the money and then when they hand me the food that when we make eye contact, they know they're yeah. not giving me what I'm really paying for. <laughs> and they feel bad. That's, and they know I feel bad. Seventeen-year-old girl who's never had a job before knows I'm getting this guy. Honestly, it's it's always me and Wendy. It's always middle-aged men. So true. That's the state of uh, Wendy's right now mm, in this economy. <laughs> in this economy, you kidding me? <laughs> All right. So first things first. I, I, hold on. Side note: We're nerds about Star Wars, but we're also nerds about eating food. I think a well, yeah, they're the same I thing. Think, <laughs> <laughs> I think a uh, a chicken sandwich showdown. YouTube video is in order. I know David would be down. Um, what are the what are the contenders? Um, you got your Wendy's, your Chick Fil A, your Popeyes. Uh, Burger King has a spicy chicken sandwich. McDonald's has a spicy chicken sandwich. There's probably others. Did you say uh, you said Chick Fil A, right? I said Chick Fil A. Does each does each fast food place just get one sandwich they can submit because some of them have multiple. Well, we would have to set parameters. We could do multiple videos. We could do a regular crispy chicken. I think Chicken Shack has like a shoot, a new spicy sandwich. Chicken I think, Shack too. don't play. That would be they would come in strong. I think. Chicken Shack is the reason I've had heartburn for two days straight. Yeah. So maybe it's the reason David's gone. Hashtag IBS. It absolutely <laughs> uh, had some effect, I'm sure. So anyway, um, if Deborah Chow had called you, oh, well, you don't want to keep talking about food. Uh, we could come back to it. Okay. <laughs> Put a pin in that. Uh, if Deborah Chow had called you a year and a half ago and said, <laughs> Sean, we need you down here at the studio, ASAP Rocky, we need your help writing this show, what would you tell her? I'd be like, first of all, why are you calling me? I'm in bed. <laughs> and Pacific time. It's my day off. <laughs> so I'm sleeping in, Deb. Also, how did you get my number? <laughs> That's yeah. That would probably be the first question I'd ask. I don't think I would do a very good job coming up with an Obi Wan show out of the blue. I, I think I'd, I'd I'd probably mess that up. Sure. Because I was before the show came out of the 
strong bias that the show wasn't necessary. Sure. They shouldn't even do one. You did. So I think if I was given a script already prepared. Right. And you said, Sean, can you pull a Carrie Fisher and script doctor this? Mm -hmm. Can you, uh, can you be the fire that purges and cleanses the story? Right. Then I'll be like, dang. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> yes, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think for myself, like, there's no way I could have wrote that story out of the blue. But uh, if you give me rough draft number five of the script, right, I will give you a baller number six. Like I can, I, like I've said in previous episodes. You know, there were so things that could have been fine-tuned in this show to just crank up the epic meter. And they could have been tuned fine as well. Well, yeah. As if I was some kind of tuna fish. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't think, though, like you said, I could pull it out of the blue. Uh, shoot, what was I going to say? What do you think, David? Oh, crickets. Okay. And a toilet flushing in the background. Um <laughs> I think overall the Obi-Wan show had a lot of really good things. Sure. However, there were a few aspects of it that were that were done so poorly that it overshadowed a lot. Because there's a lot of people who are not reviewing the show well. Yeah. I think there's a lot of hardcore fans. Almost almost like the sequel trilogy um, where it has like these power punch moments, mm. but the overall story was not well received i would think it i think it's better received than the sequel trilogy i mean i heard uh not to name drop a much more popular show uh-oh but no such I, thing. I know the guys uh, at red letter media on youtube who uh, you've yeah exactly bunch of nobody they uh <laughs> they hate everything um dang which is what makes them so fun but uh <laughs> they 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 kind of all agreed that they were okay with kenobi which is very surprising huh because I would have thought they would have torn it to shreds. Right. Like a pit bull against a Labrador retriever. Right. So it's it's actually, I guess, it's not quite as divisive as some of the other Star Wars media in the last few years, like Last Jedi. Yeah. Or even Book of Boba Fett. Right. It's it's not hot. Like, there's not a craze. It's, it's probably edges towards lukewarm. Sure. People don't hate it. Uh, very few love it or feel like it would be appropriate to love it. Yeah. I kind of get that. I yeah. think that, like you said, the show has some great ideas, but fundamentally it screws up some things bad enough mm -hmm. that it's hard to really like get on board fully with it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I mean, do we want to just get into like some specifics? Sure. Like for me, I would say that um, probably the biggest issue in the show is probably Reva. Yeah. Just as a developed character. Yeah. They, the biggest mistake they would, they make with her is actually the first impression. Mm -hmm. You know, first impressions, everything. Right. And when you think about a good story, you got to be attached to the characters, mm -hmm. even your villains. Yeah. Even your antagonists, because they have to still be compelling and likable and interesting. And even if their goals are so opposed to the good guys, um, and you got Obi-Wan and Reva who, in theory, like, they cannot compromise each other's goals. They're just, like, going to go head-to-head. -head. You still want to kind of have the audience rooting for both of them in a weird way. Yeah. So with Reva, what I felt was a what, – what needed to be done differently was her first impression, that first scene where you see her on the planet with the other Inquisitors on Tatooine, mm. they set her up as – overly cruel sure she throws a knife at a uh the owner of that bar's face right which is you know needlessly violent i mean and it's chaotic mm -hmm. the it does draw the jedi they're looking for out mm -hmm. but it's a little bit harsh considering she's with the other inquisitors and they themselves are not like that yeah which is funny because we are meant to assume that there's so much more evil right but you you meet the grand inquisitor he's calculating he's methodical in how he's going to find this jedi so reva just decides to like kind of throw caution to the wind and just create an emergency suddenly and that's how she's going to get this guy out sure it technically works but then it gets worse with her because 
you've already established that she's kind of brash. Mm -hmm. So then mid sentence, when that Jedi is talking and he says something to the effect of like, Oh, you'll never catch all of us or something. Right. She takes her lightsaber out and attempts to cut him down. Right. And she's only stopped from doing this because the grand inquisitor uses the force to halt her lightsaber in midair mm -hmm. while it's kind of like burning the guy's shoulder. Right. So, in this very short amount of time, you've already set up Riva as a very hostile agent mm -hmm. who is not smart, mm -hmm. who's not wise, who's not thinking things through, is needlessly cruel and sadistic, which is weird because in contrast to the other Inquisitors that we already know should be messed right. up. Right. So if I were to rewrite that whole thing, first off... I would probably have Reva be set apart from the other Inquisitors. Mm -hmm. I would have her be more of a outcast, mm -hmm. more of the unpopular kid kind of, where she maybe tries to speak up and the Grand Inquisitor cuts her down, cuts her off, you know, chastises her. Mm -hmm. Or maybe she is the one who gets the Jedi to reveal himself, mm -hmm. but she attempts to restrain him and he somehow like, I don't know, he knocks her to the ground. He uses the force and, and surprises her and sure. she ends up humiliated. Mm. Now, these are actually really important elements to a character, giving them what's called their spinach. Mm -hmm. You know, they got to eat their spinach. They got to look bad sometimes. They got to be humiliated because that's how the audience gets to empathize with them. Right. And I, I think if you, if you create this idea that Riva is motivated to find Jedi and you'll find out why later, like why that's such a big deal to her character. But if you humble her and you make her come across as more of the inexperienced inquisitor, mm -hmm. then you make her more relatable to the audience. And if you also present her as somebody, the other inquisitors don't like, yeah. Maybe they accuse her of being too soft and right. you need to be more hard and, you know, cruel like us. If you create these opportunities for her to set herself apart from the other Inquisitors, right. what you'll get is a character that the audience finds themselves kind of rooting for right. really quickly. Versus immediately rooting against. Yeah, and that's just the thing. And then is, you've got to turn the whole yeah, audience around. The audience her. doesn't want to you know, watch a character who is just seemingly sadistic. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Especially when she really feels like an obstacle. Mm -hmm. The Inquisitors, I mean, the Grand Inquisitor comes across as more likable in that opening scene because the Grand Inquisitor gives this, like, you know, monologue about how his method of tracking down Jedi, and it makes sense. Yeah. And it technically works. Yeah. So... You know, you kind of want a character who's good at their job. Even if their job is evil, you we like people who get stuff done generally in stories. Sure. So the only way you can have Reva be not good at her job but still likable is if you prevent, uh, present her as kind of the underdog. Mm -hmm. So Reva is probably, if you get her right, yeah. that is the biggest effect on the story. <clears throat> you could really improve the whole show sure. if you get Riva right. Yeah. I think you still can make her a tragic character. She's still evil. She still has this vendetta against Vader and she's mm -hmm. trying to get go after him and every decision she makes is motivated by that. Mm -hmm. But there's still elements where the audience doesn't have to hate her for it. Right. I mean, we love Darth Vader. Right. Everybody loves Darth Vader and he's a villain. And he just snapped some teenage kid's neck. And we and love him for it. I don't know why, but he's so cool. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in Star Wars is when he murders all of the Tusken Raiders. It's like a total ridiculous scene in terms that's of like, That's right. They killed right, his, they killed his mom. I'm gonna kill them. Yeah. Not just the men. Oh man, that scene. The music. slaughters right. everybody and it's you explain to somebody who's never seen star wars that that's one of your favorite scenes and you sound like the sicko but george did a great job of making you love him in that moment yeah. um i i think that reva's character is 
if you were to tell me, if Deborah Chow called me and said, listen, Austin, we're writing the story about this Inquisitor who has a vendetta against Vader because it turns out she was a youngling. Like, at, get in line, lady. <laughs> she was a youngling at Order 66. All of her friends were killed by Vader. She saw Vader. She knows he's Anakin. Mm -hmm. And okay, it's like, yeah, that sounds great. Dang, she's a survivor? Well, like Destiny's Child? Okay, yeah, that's the question though, like, and this is where Disney, again, will leave a lot of stuff out so that they can explore it later. We can go into a comic book series. We can go into a season yeah. two of Obi-Wan. Okay, but leave like... Leave the door open. Right. Leaving the leaving a lot of doors open. That's the kind of the problem. So, like, how does Reva survive? They imply, like, we found you in the gutter. You showed promise with your abilities, and that's why you stuck around. Like, are we going to get a backstory of Reva in season two where how did she survive? When did the Inquisitors find her? If the Inquisitors found her anywhere near the temple, yeah. they would have known that Anakin was the one who stabbed her with a lightsaber. Yeah. So, okay, how does that all work? Do they give... Uh, I, again, the, the Grand Inquisitor was a temple guard. He was, yeah. But do the other Inquisitors get, like, backstories? I don't think so. I, o I only, brother, I only remember no... this because um, um, I remember... I watched the clip of it today in Jedi Fallen Order... Um, one of the Inquisitors is, I don't know, this big, big giant lady. I don't remember her yeah. name. Yeah. She said something She's like along the ninth sister. Yeah, she said something along the lines of, oh, I was a Jedi once. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe I always assumed that they were former Jedi. Sure. I don't know if I like that. Yeah. Because it just seems like unnecessary to have your enemies who supposedly have joined your side right. next to you all the time. Right. Like, hey, they betrayed the Jedi. Why wouldn't they betray you too, Vader? Right, I mean, exactly. It, I also, it seems really important that they're no longer around by the time of A New Hope. Yeah. Like that, that's got to be consistent because, like, right. otherwise you open up a big old wide retcon there. Right. So the Inquisitors are a little bit of a complicated problem sure. with these prequels um, or at least these movies before A New Hope. Yeah. So getting the Inquisitors right is... Like they they really dug themselves into uh, a hole. Like they really put themselves in a corner because all of the Inquisitors are established already. Right. We already know their fates. Right. Except for Riva. Yeah. So there should be some kind of drama of what about her? What's going to happen to her? Yeah. But it's like such a tragedy, isn't it? When you kind of just don't care. Yeah. That's I, what they should have done. Is they should have mixed in fifth brother. Like, he should have shown up at some point. Is like, oh, yeah, that's the guy from Rebels. Yeah. Uh, they should have for sure had the Grand Inquisitor. Kind of like extended cameos. Like exactly. meaningful but it should have, parts of it her sh story. It should have been almost a different crew of Inquisitors where then they yeah. set up more of a Reva versus Inquisitors who's the Who's the, female, the other female Inquisitor? I'm not she, sure. She's not in anything else, is she? No, she's kind of got like the snakeskin face and hair. Medusa. Yeah, she kind of looks like Medusa. I don't recognize her. There is so that's interesting because I watched that show thinking, well, eventually she's going to have her come up and they're going to do something with her. Right. She's a new character, therefore she's. I mean, to be blunt, she's disposable. Right. But they didn't. <laughs> but they didn't. There is. They kind of um, forgot she existed like halfway through the show. I can't remember. There's fifth brother. I can't remember what number she is, but there is another Inquisitor who shows up a lot in Rebels, and she ends up getting killed by Maul. She never takes her helmet off. Yeah, there. Maul kills, I think, uh, two of them at once. Fifth brother and that that other chick. Check. She never takes her helmet off, so maybe that was supposed to be her. I'll have I, to do some digging into gosh. that. But okay, so if that is her, again, that's another character that we know where her story heads. So, right. Reva's. Reva's closing arc, like her storyline in the last episode, it all just seemed kind of forced. And I was rooting yeah. for Obi-Wan to show up and forced? kill her. Forced? <gasps> no. <laughs> Please, God, no. Um, yeah, she... Yeah. Like, it, I think you mentioned, like, it would have been much more epic to see a... Reva finds out about Luke, mm -hmm. she changes her ways, yeah. and then she's forced to do something about it. Yes. And then we get Inquisitors on Tatooine because they tracked her, they followed her, and now she needs to defend Uncle very, Owen. Very basic storytelling. Yeah. Consequences for the choices you make, good or bad. Right. Meaningful choices. Like so if she's going to kind of go 
I don't know what the opposite of Breaking Bad is. Like, what's going, going, going good, going ghost, creating good. <laughs> then, then she's got to kind of like. There's going to be a conflict there that she's got to face. Yeah. She and I, I, I think I mentioned it when we talked about the finale. I really feel like the show wasn't harsh enough on her. They, she really got off the hook easy. She, she did. Was, she was pretty spoiled by the end there. Yeah. Like I know she got stabbed and everything, but she's fine. And, she's fine. And you know she's what? okay. <laughs> Qui-Gon's rolling over in his grave, his forced grave. That's uh, why he that's why he showed up right there in the desert with Obi-Wan. He wants to have a conversation or two about it with him. How did she do that? Yeah. And how did that other guy do that? What's going on? And how did she do that as a 10-year-old? <laughs> yeah, they, these are questions that are unsolved. And this is where what did they cut out in the finale to make sure that there's a season two? Like, was Reva's story going to come full circle where she either dies trying to defend Luke or, like, did you? how many doors did you leave open that you're going to close within the next five years? It almost seems like that entire finale on Tatooine was probably thrown in late. Mm. Well, we talked about that was one of the things we had a problem with, you specifically pointing out. It seemed like they threw these episodes together at the last minute in some instances with the editing yeah they didn't seems things didn't seem like they carried all the way through together they they seemed kind of sporadic especially towards the end one of the things i had the biggest problem with was all the chase scenes chase scene on run uh, i mean chasing leia the chase scene where reva goes morbius mode yeah um there were multiple chase scenes that were just not done well and it and it's also if you think about it a chase scene is a very easy solution when you don't know what to do, you just know you have a CG background you can utilize and you have shaky cam, like just have characters running right? and then have some like tense music. And make it believable. Yeah, you don't need beats to the action anymore if you just have people run. Make the 10-year-old girl not Usain Bolt. Like Dang. she should not be able to get away from all those pirates. So Reva has got to be corrected if I'm... I'm redoing this script. David texted us saying, remove Reva. Okay. The problem, the problem with removing Reva is you kind of remove what should have really been the purpose of the story, the meaning of the story. Sure. Because you have Obi-Wan as your protagonist. Mm-hmm. You have to have an antagonist. Right. And for the antagonist to be meaningful, they kind of have to be the reverse side of the coin mm-hmm. from the protagonist. This is why, in theory, Reva should have worked really well. Right. Because they both have in common that they were kind of betrayed by Anakin. Yeah. And they can't really overcome their character arc until they face Vader. Mm -hmm. So on paper, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And the idea of Obi-Wan trying to get Leia home, but Reva is chasing Obi-Wan because he's a means to an end. Right. And the conflict of the show is these two characters kind of evading each other and constantly getting closer and closer and closer to the finale, which is they both end up facing Vader. Right. They don't have to do it at the same moment. Right. But that's kind of the, that's the through line of the show is mm-hmm. eventually getting into a face off with Vader so that they, as characters can kind of overcome whatever internal conflict they have going on with themselves. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said too, I, I think the overall story was good. Um, but even for me, some random dude from 99 Nerds, within hours of watching the episodes, there were really good moments, really like high peaks, really big crescendos of the battle with Reva and the battle of Obi-Wan versus Anakin. There were so many things that were done well. But me as just a diehard fan can pin pinpoint certain like scenes yeah. and say like, if you just would have done this, it would have been like three notches more epic. It was your crescendo of the episode, but it could have been even better. And it wouldn't have been that hard. It's like like when you're playing bass in a band and you only play half the notes. Could have been more (laughs) bassy. It's true. Um, It's true. Like I talked about the Reva versus, I brought it up in the, the review of the finale randomly, like what I thought about that little thing they could have done where Reva tries to just shoot him with her, her lightsaber in the back and he stops that like sure just to like okay we just saw vader bring a ship out of the sky 
So yeah. let's see now more of like a nuanced uh, force, I don't know, trick that he has up his sleeve. And what's really weird about that fight is it really undermines Reva as a character. I know in 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 theory it should be elevating Vader, mm-hmm. but I think it actually messes them both up. And the reason is because, like you said, we just watched Vader turn into a Dragon Ball Z character <laughs> and... For the first time in live action canon, right, shows off an unfathomable amount of power using the force. Okay, right, and he halts a giant freighter in a moment with the force. He brings it down and then he rips it apart with the force yeah. instantly to get inside. And of course, that is the classic blunder. He's foolish and arrogant, and he's a raging bull, and that's why he loses because. They were able to outwit him. Right. So that makes sense. That works. But what I thought would have been more appropriate is if when Vader watches that ship take off, mm-hmm. he's exhausted. It would have been a little bit more of a, y- your villain is compelling because he's relatable and understandable. He, he doesn't have to be uh, omnipotent. He, he doesn't have to be infinitely powerful yeah. for him to be compelling. So, it would have made sense for me to have Vader be pretty much drained after that kind of an exertion. Mm-hmm. He's still a, guy, a broken body inside of a you know half cyborg, you know suit literally to keep him alive. Right. So at some point, logic would dictate like this guy's gonna have to be worn out after something like that. Right. So I thought, well, then here's the tension. Right. This is this is where Riva has a chance now. Mm-hmm. Now this is the this is the opportune moment. Yeah. Okay, take your shot. Go, 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 go after him. And then she realizes even still he's more powerful than her. Yeah. But in in the show it's it's the opposite. She looks silly for coming up against him because she's hopelessly outmatched. Right. And then Vader just doesn't even seem like phased by anything. Yeah. I mean, he should be in this emotionally defeated state. He just lost Kenobi. Sure. He just failed. Sure. He just got humiliated and embarrassed and outwitted by his master mm-hmm. but it's like okay well then immediately give him a cherry on top by just having him like sure put this you know young inquisitor to shame right so it kind of makes her whole her whole plot to get that moment mm-hmm. it just sucks the wind right out of it yeah i guess i guess they could have done a better job of like from the get vader is almost struggling to recover Right. And then as it progresses, yeah. he gains more and more. 30 seconds, 60 seconds. We're like, maybe in- she, he's getting stronger and stronger. Initially, here's what they should have done. Um, and, and the reason I, I said in that last episode, she should have tried to just shoot him with the lightsaber, because that's a callback to what Kylo Ren did in episode eight. Yeah. Um, but it's also a callback to if he if she ignites it and he stops it, that's almost a callback to Kylo Ren in Force Awakens with the opening sequence of him stopping that bolt. Yeah. When he did that, it was like a, oh my gosh moment of like, th- yeah. he can do that. This dude's OP. This guy's crazy. So, okay, you've established that Kylo Ren can do that pretty easily. Yeah. Vader should be able to take it a notch further, in my opinion. So... Give Vader this moment where he stops the lightsaber, lightsaber crystal starts to destabilize. I think the best thing for them to have done is Vader initially pulls out his lightsaber and they have some back and forth with the lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And he's almost struggling a little bit. He's recovering. And then he turns the lightsaber off and just toys with her. Okay. You know, and and then they have the moment where he takes her lightsaber, he breaks it, and they have the mano a mano, show me what you got. The, and, and what's a little bit weird about that fight is, again, is, as far as Reva's character is concerned, this is supposed to culminate in so many things. It's supposed to solve, it's supposed to cap off so many things about her. Mm-hmm. It's her external conflict. She really just wants to fight Vader, kill him. Right. That's a stupid want. <laughs> because, like, you know, yes, as far as an action scene, it could be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But think about it. It should be logical. Killing Vader is not going to bring her peace. Right. Like this is a tale as old as time. Yeah. Like, vengeance doesn't doesn't take away the pain, right? Right. And that should be pretty clear. This is a very standard storytelling trope. So fighting Vader, 
of course she's going to lose. Yeah. Because first of all, Vader isn't going to die. He can't be defeated right. before his movie. <laughs> but secondary, the implication should be she worked so hard for this moment and it was it just it was like sand through her fingers. You know, she yeah. couldn't get anything out of it. So I think it was always supposed to end with her being defeated. Mm-hmm. But what's such a weird thing is then she is stabbed in the gut and then here comes the Grand Inquisitor back and then here's Darth Vader revealing, oh, I knew you were a, a youngling the whole time. Right. And then also here's her figuring out something about some weird stuff is going on in Tatooine. I better skedaddle over there. Yeah. So there's just so many things trying to be comboed in this scene with her mm-hmm. and I felt like okay we realized we the gap between where we need Reva to be and where she is is like a mile wide so we just gotta like just combine it all together like in this last scene yeah. with her and why does Disney keep doing that they just <laughs> no we're running out of time let's let's not make quick the, throw it all in there let's not make the finale an hour and a half let's copy and just, paste copy and paste copy and paste just jam it all in there and just get it in just start chucking it just start chucking it <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that movie with uh with uh uh this the santa claus with uh yes, Russell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> classic <laughs> just start chucking it. <laughs> That's going to be my new thing. Every time I feel like this, the plot is just not even trying to pay pay attention. It's like, you know, David said, get rid of Reva completely. I do agree with him, though. There were so many lines that she had that almost took you out of the Star Wars moment. The way she delivered them with such angst and just like she was what? You mean like nice try, princess? Or, or maybe I hope you like pain or maybe I have something to say. And our response is, get out! <laughs> yeah, that was David's response. He was not a fan of Reva. Um, I think overall with Reva, I can see the potential. I think the overall story make is uh, one worth telling, but they just yep. didn't execute it on a super high level. Um, one thing David mentioned to true me is true. Uh, was that he was disappointed that they basically just ignored the age of Obi-Wan. Like... It was, there's a bajillion memes that in such a short time, he went from young Ewan McGregor to old Alec Guinness. And are you guys going to talk about that? Are you going to acknowledge that at all? Um, They didn't. In fact, I mentioned in the finale, he looked even younger. He does. In those last scenes. Exactly. Than he did the rest of the series. He has less gray hair. Yeah. He has thicker hair. Yeah. Which I'm sorry, bro. That's not how it works. (laughs) Like when you're a guy... Your hair gets thinner and it grows grayer. And it's like the makeup department really dialed him up for those last scenes. And it's like, but the rest of the show, he looked a little more older and tired. And And his beard's thicker, too. Yeah, he, David. I mean, these are like details that, you know, shouldn't be a big deal. But it, it's like, guys, when you're talking about like a makeup and wardrobe and like, how does the character look? It should be obvious he's got to look older than yeah. he was before. And you know Dave, what he's gonna he's supposed to look like. Yeah. In our second episode of Ninety Nine ers, we were trying to do some Obi Wan projections, and I thought David's theory was great that they would have to somehow uh, get Obi Wan. Oh, he was gonna go through his. Uh, he was gonna age. Somehow. Yeah, he was gonna have some sort of exertion. Yeah. So it's like, how do you get Obi Wan to age? Because he clearly looked great. So how do we turn him into an Alec Guinness-looking character? Well, there's a lot of things that the Force can do and has done, and they hinted at some stuff in Episode Nine of Star Wars where it's like, perhaps there's something that Obi-Wan has to do to use the Force that is so exerting on him yeah. that sucks so much of his energy out of him that it actually Funny enough, him. they gave us that when he goes avatar the last airbender and, yeah. and floats all the rocks and throws them at vader his god mode and it's like dude this is this is hype right. <laughs> this is over this if is there, overdrive if there was ever a moment where he is just like giving everything he possibly has and it physically wears him down to the point of aging him sure uh that would have been the moment and i've seen some photoshops on the internet of them taking oh uh, obi-wan from the show giving him a haircut, graying it, graying out a little bit more. And it looks awesome. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. I'm, it's just, it's like super weird that that was a decision that got made of, it's like, okay, here's Ewan McGregor 
as he is. This is mm-hmm. just what he looks like when he shows up on set. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh but, but, but he doesn't want us to cut his hair. Okay, fair enough. If he doesn't want us to cut his hair, can we at least give him a... No, no, no. He can't shave his beard either. <laughs> okay, so he's going to be a pretty thick-haired, uh, you know, thick-bearded guy. Can we at least... No, no, no. You can't, you can't gray his hair. <laughs> what, well, like, what, is he, what has he got going on? He's got a date? Right. Yeah, because he left his wife for that young actress from uh, Gemini Man and uh, Clover, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Dang. So, Ewan, if you're listening... We love you. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say something else. I'm glad you said that. We love you. Speaking of Obi-Wan, so uh, in, in kind of like slight revisions, rewriting the show, um, Obi-Wan, for the most part, works pretty well. Mm-hmm. I guess they, they probably needed to introduce the kind of central conflict he was going to have to face earlier. Yeah. The implication that Darth Vader... Um, well, we know Darth Vader is Anakin. He knows right. Darth Vader is Anakin, but he doesn't know Anakin's still alive. Right. So that probably should have been revealed at the end of the first episode, because sure. that's kind of the that is the trigger for his his whole emotional journey. The entire right. show is him wrestling with that. Right. And he is trying to save Leia, but inwardly there is this bigger thing going on where he's trying to escape Vader. Sure. And the, the, you know, the classic irony of the story is the further he tries to run, ironically, the closer he gets to having to face Vader. Right. And then that makes his, his moment at the end, the last episode where he chooses to protect everybody by doing an about face and I'm going to face him. Yeah. I'm going to go, and right, he right. wants his rematch. We're gonna go. I'm gonna go give him his rematch. Right. That central dilemma wasn't really defined early enough, mm-hmm. and then it got really complicated by the fact that Obi Wan does face Vader halfway through. Yeah. And they, he kind of kicks the crap out of him. Yeah. And then he like seemingly somehow just gets away in a very contrived. Yeah, that bothered me too, though. Like the two times that Vader faced him first. Obi-Wan gets away when we all know that Vader could have gotten him. And it's yeah. like, well, he he let him go because he wanted to face him at his best. It's like, well, at the heart of it, Vader wanted to make Obi-Wan suffer yeah. more than he wanted to face him at his best. Um, so that was lame. Two, he piles all those rocks on him in the finale, yeah. and he just turns around and walks away. And in that moment, I was like, wait, no. Wait. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um... And then, yeah, the whole Vader, I've talked about it multiple times. The fact that Reva announced that to Obi-Wan really bothered me because of, because of the reveal that Luke got, because of the real that, reveal that Ahsoka got. Um, okay. You know, Obi-Wan's because, just, it felt well, cheaper. Well, because they were, close, they were close to him, and it was, I think, with Reva, it, it feels hard because she's dropping it on him yeah and we don't have any reason to think that she isn't all that close to to anakin right or you're not Darth clo- Vader. You're right you're not close enough to him you're not uh, important enough of a character like yeah. establish this character f- before you drop a bomb where she knows all things it's like okay that was disappointing to me right what would have been better it, is if it was like you said if they do lead off with it Almost like a Vader and Obi-Wan are within the same vicinity. Yeah. And maybe from a distance, you know, like Vader's trying to pursue him, trying to pursue him. He keeps slipping away, but then they kind of have this face off towards the end. And that's where Obi-Wan senses like a presence that he's familiar with. Oh, my God. And he's confused. And then some way where they confirm, you know, maybe something that Vader says to, like, confirm to Obi-Wan, yeah, it's me. Well, the the thing about Reva being the one who reveals it, it could work because you... Vader is linked to her story. Right. Um, the fact that she knows Anakin is Darth Vader isn't an accident. For her, it's the mission. It's right. the goal. And it's possible that in the show you would basically 
have her reveal it to Obi-Wan, one, because it obviously greatly upsets Obi-Wan and she's trying to get in his head. But also, it's probable that you would do that because she just needs to tell somebody. In fact, this is one of the other things I kind of wanted to reconsider about a rewrite was the the main characters, Reva and Obi-Wan, they need somebody to confide in. Mm-hmm. In a book, you could hear the character's inner monologue, but in a show, they have to like tell somebody what they're thinking, what they're believing. And if you have Obi-Wan all by himself the whole show, he can't do that. So naturally, what do you do? You partner him up with a sidekick, mm-hmm. Leia. Right. So Obi-Wan has constant opportunity to reflect and have yeah. somebody who kind of like digs into what are you thinking, what's going on. Right. But Reva doesn't have that. The Inquisitors aren't friendly with her, and yeah. she doesn't have a sidekick to talk to. In fact, it's not even until she gets Leia inside that um, that base yeah. that she finally has somebody she can actually like share her story with. And she doesn't. And she doesn't, which <laughs> right. I've always been so Instead, bothered by. Instead, she forces it on Obi-Wan every time she's around him. Right. And, and, it, and he's so, the guy that you're trying to kill and exactly. you Exactly. So there's, it, it. you can kind of create this idea that as far as um, characters in conflict with each other, Reva needs Obi-Wan to get to Vader. But in a way, she also believes Obi-Wan maybe is the only one who could really understand Sure. What she's feels like what sure. she wants. She wants to kill him. He betrayed her and caused all this suffering. Yeah. And the idea of her using Vader as a carrot on a stick, like just something to freak him, intimidate him with. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it could be used as like this really classic example of projection. Like she's trying to use the very thing that makes her miserable as something that could hurt him. Sure. So as a villain, as an antagonist, it, it's it's all there. It just doesn't get delivered the right way in the right place early enough. Yeah. And so you kind of, when you don't have the keys or the 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 kind of direction of the story early enough, you you lose confidence in where the story's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So that's why the presence of Leia. I actually at first I thought she'd be kind of just like an annoying young girl, like right. For sure, oh, classic, you know, kid in the in a, in a escort mission. You know, <laughs> she's not able to take care of herself, and it's so annoying, and nobody wants to deal with her sass. But she grew on me over the show, for sure. And I think it's because of two reasons. One, her presence makes Obi Wan better. Yeah, because he has to change. He can't just be a coward anymore who's cut himself off from the force and is always wallowing in his self-pity. He can't do that anymore with her. He's got a purpose now. He's got to do something. He's got to help her. It's a better version of the Ray Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he becomes a hero because she needs a hero. Yeah. So that's why I like her. But the second reason is because Leia is actually presented as a fairly competent kid Yeah. who doesn't really need somebody to help her all the time. Of course, at some point, she absolutely does. But... In a show where everybody's always hiding something, mm-hmm. like Obi-Wan doesn't want an, want anybody to know he used to be Vader's master. Right. Reva doesn't want anybody to know what she's secretly planning. Haja, you know, is hiding stuff. All right. Tala's hiding stuff. Everybody's hiding stuff in the show. And then you have this little girl who, like, interestingly, is the only one who's just, like, real. Right. It's just always herself. Is like, totally unapologetic about her yeah. attitude and her sass and <laughs> is, like, not intimidated by anything she's seeing. Right. Like that's actually kind of an interesting idea for uh, a child actor, a child character. And I think it's actually kind of fun because it's very honoring to what Carrie Fisher, like what Leia we are familiar with, yeah. would grow to be. Yeah. And in fact, it actually justifies it because you're like, dang, this kid went through some weird stuff as a child. Like she got kidnapped and she <laughs> saw all this violence and death. And yeah. She was getting, she was planet hopping around the galaxy, evading capture. Like, it, it well, yeah, sure. She probably has a, uh, she probably has a few, uh, you know, kind of notches on her belt for sure. And weariness, right? I think that's where when you pick up with her storyline in A New Hope, she's this confident princess who's like, she, as soon as she gets saved, she's immediately, you know, giving Luke and Han orders. Into the garbage, fly boy. 
like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go down the garbage chute. And um, it's like she acts as if this isn't the first time I've been captured by somebody, you know? That's right. I've been through this before. Like, oh, you're here to save me. Well, I kind of had the situation handled, but all right. Like, she's like, things are not that novel to her anymore. So yeah. she's just like, eh. Yeah. I actually, and I actually kind of love the use of the, the, this very small detail because I rewatched A New Hope. Mm hmm. And I was curious if it if you feel like it comes across this way in Kenobi she is a she's kind of a mind reader mm -hmm. like you'd actually you'd actually wouldn't say she's a mind reader you'd say she reads their mail like she just can like look at them and immediately tell you what kind of person they are yeah and I actually thought that was interesting because it's not so explicit in A New Hope but she is kind of like that mm -hmm. where she'll basically tell you exactly what she thinks of you and that's kind of a funny character trait. And so I love the idea of this slight implication that part of Leia being very strong in the force, it manifests as her being somebody who can kind of like read your mail. Yeah. She looks at you and she knows exactly what kind of person you are. And because she's so good at reading people that results and translates into a girl who is very rarely intimidated by people mm -hmm. and is, has developed a mindset that she can talk her way out of things. Right. She doesn't have to take crap from anybody. And this is a cool idea for a 10 year old that feels more justified mm -hmm. than like the classic cliche of a child who's way smarter than they should be. Sure. And almost seems like a weird um, wish fulfillment for yeah. the writer. Like, oh, if I was 10 years old, I would be that smart. Ow. <laughs> Yeah, I we we didn't predict from the beginning that Leia would really heavily be involved at all. I didn't think about it for a split second, and I never even thought about that. And they really did a good job bringing her into the fold, and her whole story. I think was that was one of the real bright spots of the series. I honestly, it like, was precious. It was precious. They did a great job with young Leia, and um, I think looking back, like I rated this series pretty high. If you look at the episode breakdown, like I was giving it pretty high scores throughout, and then we would talk for an hour and a half about all the things we hated. But well, yeah, because that's <laughs> it's, it's always so much more fun to talk about things you don't it like. It is, but there were a lot of bright spots, and there were a lot of things where, like they the Leia story arc, I thought that they treated Obi Wan's story arc very well. I mean, they they gave me the OP Vader footage that I've been craving ever since Rogue One hallway scene happened with Vader. sure. Um, so since there, 2016, six years you've waited. I've waited for this. Oh my god! And they they gave it to me, so I was happy with all of those things. Um, you know, again, overall, yeah, uh, Inquisitor Vendetta story, Obi Wan and Leia versus the Galaxy. Heck yeah! Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, it actually the premise ended up working better than I suspected. And then I realized that, huh, wow, you know, I really thought this show wasn't going to ever work from the ground up. Right. But, hey, it turns out I was wrong. There, There's something interesting you could do, and there's something that you could build in there that I didn't know was missing. Mm -hmm. And I kind of am glad that I was able to be surprised by some stuff. Sure. So ultimately, I, even though I can, you know, call the Kenobi show um, – lacking in some things i i thoroughly appreciate it yeah and i enjoy i i seriously and honestly truly enjoy parts of it one of the things we did not touch on in our finale review and this is again a byproduct of us watching it at 4 a.m and then immediately recording that day well, yeah <laughs> we hit on a lot of topics but one of the main things that they buttoned up and kind of helped bridge a little bit was obi-wan in a new hope telling luke that darth vader killed your father yeah. You know, that is something that they actually did a pretty good job of bridging that storyline because I told Ant you it was true. He Darth Vader said, From I killed a certain Anakin. point of view. From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view, what I said was absolutely true. And you know, without these this series, that is still kind of like a dang Obi-Wan, like you really you really lied to Luke, but now right. it, it did it. And it works it works really well because it it tells you more about Obi-Wan now mm -hmm. than it ever told you about Vader because it reveals that Obi-Wan in his heart really does consider Anakin just gone. Right. He doesn't want Luke to know about his father because he really does consider his father dead. Yeah. And Vader, he doesn't even want Luke to know Vader because he feels Luke's always going to be kind of confused by this. Right. 
he'll never understand. It's like this, he will never be your dad. Right. He's gone. And then, like I mentioned previously, it adds so much more depth just to the, the backstory of Leia reaching out to old Ben in A New Hope. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Leia then going on to name her son Ben Solo. Ben! Um, it just like, yeah. you know, there's so much more history between those two characters now. And it all makes more sense. I mean, we've, we've all been solo once or twice in our lives. Mm. Ain't that the truth? There are a couple other minor things that um, are my kind of like little sacred cows. Mm. For example, don't make Freck a traitor. <laughs> Freck was great. So Freck is actually... He's out there somewhere knocked unconscious. <laughs> He's, He's never going to wake up. So Freck is is a great example of a really unique character. And this show doesn't have enough of them. Sure. Like Haja Haja gets away with it because he's funny. Right. He's he's funny. Um Tala you you Tala works because she's highly motivated. Right. But then you got uh, you know Ned B is an interesting design and then Freck is a really interesting design character. Yeah. And it's funny because he's like designed off a giant mole rat and there's like something completely absurd about that <laughs> naked mole rat a design, but it works when he's like this super friendly, tr- you know, you know, uh, trucker. Hey there, I'm Frank. Yeah. Oh, hey everybody. You know, can I take you down the road? You know, <laughs> my, my name's Frank. <laughs> And then he's got the, you know, Empire bumper sticker on. Yeah. You're like, uh-oh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And then they're having conversations with him on the on the truck. And he's like, oh, you know, yeah, the Empire's great. Nothing wrong with a little bit of law and order there. And they really help us clean the place up. And you're like, oh, gosh, Freck, if you weren't so on the wrong side of history, you'd be so wholesome and wonderful. <laughs> and so it's, it's so, it, it's it's not even just like, oh, Freck is a character I immediately like. He's so likable right off the bat. Right. And, oh, I, I just hate that they made him. He, he's, a, he's a traitor. He betrayed them. That sucks. Yeah. That's not my problem with Freck. My problem with Freck is he's such a creative idea for a character, and it feels like they just waste him by making him a, a traitor like mm-hmm. that. And I thought it would be so much more interesting if Freck was somebody that knew that Obi-Wan and Leia were probably not, you know, who they said they were. Right. In fact, one of the ideas I had is like, if you really want to make this character more memorable, he's a naked mole rat, you know, who, you know, famously can't really see very well, but they can smell really well. Mm. So I actually had the idea of like, well, what if you actually just went all the way with that and had Freck be an alien race that can smell so good. Mm. He can like, he just knows He's like, oh, you guys just came from Dayu, didn't you? I can smell the smoke right off of you. Oh, I can smell those death sticks. You smell you reek of it. Or, and it's like, and it's like, oh no, we uh we we just came back from visiting uh, her mother's grave. It's like, no, you didn't. That's a weird story. <laughs> like you guys, you guys uh you guys uh actually you must have come off of that transport ship. Yeah, you smell like the recycled air. I can tell right away. And I love the idea of Freck actually being a character who doesn't like the empire at all but he's like smart enough to know to pretend to sure because like that's just how you make your way in the universe yeah yeah and i love the idea of instead of this really complicated scene where obi-wan is asked to step out of the vehicle and then the stormtroopers surround him and he has to get into this ridiculous fight where he's completely outmatched outnumbered surrounded and it's super contrived how he defeats all of them Mm -hmm. and then it's like he just knocks freck out Right. I actually would have preferred if there was a way that Freck could have revealed in that moment that he was secretly kind of helping Obi-Wan the whole time. Sure. I'm the spy. And he's more of like, okay, Freck is a good guy. They were really lucky to find him. Yeah. And here's why you needed to do that, Austin, because you needed to bring Freck back <laughs> at the, by the end of the show. Yeah. They end up on Jabim, and this is what I was always a little bit annoyed by, is you have all these characters that Obi-Wan has met and they all just like there's so many loose th- threads like why cast the character right. why give them a name why design their costume if you're not gonna like if at the end of the story there's not this satisfying thing where 
all the characters come together. I think that's a really good point. Like Haja was at that base, right? Which is like brilliant. Of course he's there because he's got to he, he got to bring him back. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, well, where's Freck? Yeah. Where's um, like, uh, honestly, a part of me was wondering where's like that Vect guy who was like the bounty hunter, like the the mercenary who kidnapped Leia. Mm. I kept thinking, I'm like, he really was only in the first two episodes. That's it. Right. And then he just kind of like gets knocked out and they just gone. Right. Like, it just seems so weird to me. You, you kind of want to tie it all together. Well, did, did Grand Inquisitor kill him? I don't think so. Don't go. No. Well, Grand Inquisitor is a great example of somebody who like was killed. Yeah. And it just seems so needless, right. like to have this fake out where he's sort of dead, but not. Yeah. It seems like almost insulting. Yeah. To have this character just written off for again, we really about, no good reason. We talked about them setting up the Reva versus Grand Inquisitor thing. Like this rivalry, she yeah. stabs him. And then And then what? There's yeah. Like the, everybody just has to like pretend he's dead for her sake. He comes back Why? and has his moment over her that's like, Hi, you got yours and I survived. Like, that was it. <laughs> like, like, okay. That, that, okay. Good. I think Freck being the good guy it, is is one of those little tweaks that could have made this even better. <laughs> I mean it, that and that's like my whole mindset. This, what, what was what did Le what did uh, Obi Wan call Leia? At his her fake name, her uh, fake daughter name. Shoot, it was like Luna. 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 Yeah. This is my daughter, Luna. Yeah. No, she ain't. <laughs> you guys don't smell anything at all. Like she's probably from uh, uh, Alderaan or something. She smells like flowers and trees. You're from. Uh, I reckon you're from Tatooine. You smell like sand and, <laughs> and dust. <laughs> it's like, gosh, Freck, I. That's quite a superpower you got there. <laughs> I think that's a great rewrite. See, little tweaks. Overall, good story, but gosh, these little tweaks could have made things better. There was a little thing, too, when I realized how underutilized these extra characters are. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to think in a story like this, especially TV shows, where you you really can only focus on so many characters at a time. They can yeah. only get so much screen time. Right. You got to make them all memorable. They got to all have a meaningful, memorable something about them. Right. Tala, she's got a backstory. She's she's a double agent. She's very motivated, very dedicated to the mission to the point of sacrifice. Yeah. Ned and B is Maybe a, you could have given us a little more Tala backstory. Yeah. Instead of 10 seconds before she dies. And or it's that like force well, let me tell you everything before yeah, this happens. And that, and that conversation is it's it's like the worst time because the battle's already started. The siege has already started. Right. She's having this conversation with Obi-Wan when he's kind of like, like, listen, lady, we got other things going on. We're, you know, right. like this is not right now. Maybe opening scene, opening scene when they're still flying into exactly the base. instead of once you're there and the siege has started. Yeah. Let me tell you about the notches on my holster and let right. me tell you about what it was like when I was an agent before I kind yeah. of turned. So speaking of Tala, I would have had Roken. Mm -hmm. who the only reason I know his name is because we've said it like 10 times. Right. He's not, he's not an interesting character. He's not a unique character. He's not a memorable character, but he's a relevant character because he's the only guy Obi-Wan has helping him move things along in those last couple episodes. Yeah. After Tala dies. Yeah. So I would have had for the sake of economy, like just, helping the audience get more familiar with multiple characters at once. When Tala invades that base uh, on Nur, you know, Obi-Wan takes the low road. Right. She goes through the, uh, the Imperial mm -hmm. docking bay disguised as an officer. I would have had Roken, at least Roken, and maybe even Wade. <laughs> join her doing it. Sure. Like, it's not just... Tala and Obi-Wan in this whole base. It's like, well, Obi-Wan's going to sneak in this way and he's got a team mm -hmm. who are helping him, you know, right. guide, guide him through it. Cause maybe then maybe, a distraction. maybe while Tala's on the, in the computer lab, Roken can be the muscle. Yeah, exactly. Or if you want to flip it and you want Tala to be the BA character, fine. Have her be the muscle, but like that weird, like, okay, let me leave my computer, beat you up and then come back to my and computer. And you got, you have little things where one character doesn't have to 
or like contrivancely, you know, there's a contrivance where they have to get themselves out of a situation. Take Ned B. To yes, dude, that would have fixed everything. So I had this, like, for example, I had this idea of like Wade, Wade! as a character dies, right? And it's yeah. like it's like comical his death. <laughs> it's it's like it's actually. <laughs> Got you, Sully. Just go. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually stupid <laughs> because he dies and we don't remember anything about him. So that's it. We have spent a collective eight seconds with him yeah. on screen, right? And he's staying behind to shoot Riva, and it's like. Just kill him. I don't, you know, we don't even care. <laughs> so I thought, hey, if you made him partner up with Tala, yeah, it would at least feel a little bit more meaningful. He's sure. he's helping, and it also creates situations in that episode. You know, episode that was episode five. Episode five to me is is probably my least favorite episode. Episode four is the one where they infiltrate the base. Uh, Nur? Yes. I thought episode the next episode they get to Jabim and then they leave Jabim and then the final episode is him facing Vader. Yeah. So five is Jabim. Four is Nur. Uh, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of you're seven right. episodes. Okay. So episode four. Yeah. Episode four is my least favorite probably because that whole plot of getting into that base mm -hmm. is so contrived. Yeah. Like so many things have to happen that are ridiculous. Sure. To get in and to get out and right. to not get caught. It's just like silly. Yeah. So there are little things that would have worked better if you had a team of people doing it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when Tala gets to the first checkpoint inside the base, she mm -hmm. gets stopped. Right. And the officer there, rightfully so, tells her, you can't, you don't have access here. You're not supposed to be here. Well, she's left naked, man. She doesn't actually have an answer for that. Yeah. Just, just make up this ridiculous excuse of like oh i have very important information i outrank you you need to listen to me yeah here's a better idea that mm. actually works yeah it's roken or it's wade arriving at the checkpoint and they can't get through because right. they're definitely in disguise they're not really an imperial officer right and they didn't know they didn't have a good plan of getting past this point sure they're about to get caught tension 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 and then tala comes up yeah excuse me he's with me Oh, oh, sorry, sir. Right. You know, sorry, ma'am. Like, yeah. Like you building tension, releasing, building tension, releasing. Right. Instead of Tala just tells him, oh, I outrank you. Uh, okay. Like, that doesn't change anything, <laughs> ma'am. Sorry. Yeah. I guess I'll let you through. Or then, you know, getting into the computer and somebody catches her snooping on the computer. Yeah. Well, that would make sense sure somebody's gonna notice hey what are you doing here yeah i don't recognize you and i this is a base i mean this is locked down so the the thing that would make more sense to me is if she's on the computer and then an officer starts questioning her and so the next thing you know roken or wade or whoever the muscle right is the one who successfully is able to help by stopping the trooper. Yeah, and then having more bodies there probably yeah. would have helped the Leia escape seem even slightly more plausible instead of just her hiding in Obi-Wan's coat. Like, ah. if they could have surrounded her in some way where yeah. they, like, walk out as a group and she's in the middle of them, makes more sense. So, yeah, you get, you get Ned B involved. He's a big body. I think that would have worked out a lot better. And he's quiet. Yeah. That's the best part is he doesn't say anything. All you can do is project... What's yeah. going on and inside like, imagine those cold, Roken, dark eyes? Maybe Roken and Wade are there, yeah. and there get stopped. And then Tala walks in, pulling rank with Ned B behind her, and yeah. it's like this, whoa. Yeah, we're going to listen to this shit. Like Andor with uh, K2SO. Yeah, but even beefier. Well, overall, we've talked in about all the topics and dove into all the things that were wrong, I think, well enough. And I would say Deborah Chow did a really good job. Sure. Certain yeah. aspects could have been a lot better, but... Um, it also could have been a lot worse. You know, we talked about in the beginning, oh my they could have really screwed up a lot of stuff, diving into a character that is True. so important yeah. to the whole story. If you're going to add six episodes of this specific character, you better do it well. And she did it pretty well. Um, my closing thoughts, I would say, when you've got Obi-Wan in the cave cleaning up his stuff, 
getting ready to move. It should not have been him cleaning any of that up. What do you it mean? Sh it should have been a loader droid oh named Ted C. New loader droid. <laughs> I want um, more loader droid action. And the best part about him being him potentially being in the base with Tala yeah. is we get more Ned B hand-to-hand -hand combat. Because when we when he's fighting those guys on Jabim, like I said, he sends that one guy to the roof and he punches the other guy like 20 feet back. It's not even hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's just like instant kills. <laughs> I want more instant Ned B kills. Yeah. Um, also, he's the perfect assassin. <laughs> we, I, I would suggest that we only saw Aunt Beru at 10% capacity. I want a Reva versus Aunt Beru show off. She goes, I wasn't prepared for what they did with Aunt Beru in that <laughs> final episode. Nobody. Was. I, I felt like I felt like I was I was like there, I missed something because she just like went zero to a hundred immediately. She went berserker. She's like I'm gonna go get the guns. She <laughs> is about to do this. She is the berserker orc that runs into Helm's Deep and blows up the opening gate. That's it. Brew. That's Brew. Legolas threw two arrows into a ram. Bring him down. Bring him down. Didn't bring him down. Didn't bring him down. Can't bring Amber. I wanted to see more Amperu versus Reva action. She decks her in the face, and then Reva kind of tosses her to the side. I wanted to see more. You know, maybe we got enough of him, all things considered. But I wanted to see more Haja. More Haja was just a genuine, like you know. And all the credit goes to the actor uh, Kamal. Yeah, uh, Nanjani, who is clearly funny. Yeah, but it, it's good to have a character in Star Wars who's just really funny. Yeah, witty and really likable in that way. And I, I, I wanted. I like having a funny character, not just like gags. Yeah. Like, oh, here's a, this is a non-funny character having a gag yeah. happen to him. I like it when the character is actually just funny. Yeah. I, and when he showed up, I predicted, it was like, we're going to see more of this guy. And he had that showdown with Reva in the alleyway. We, <laughs> we, we saw more. You finally more. found me. <laughs> I'm the one you want. We saw more of him, but we didn't see enough of him. Uh, same thing yeah. with Freck. Same thing with Freck. Dang, dude. Gosh. Missed opportunity. He's got to wake bro. up and repent. Bring him back for season two. <laughs> yeah, I want, he's got to change his ways. I want a redemption story for Freck. All right, well that should wrap it up. What do you guys think? What were some of the things you think that they did well in Obi Wan? What didn't they do well? I feel like that's probably the question we've asked every single video. But what is like one aspect that if you were to sit down with Deborah Chow, you would say, rewrite this, rewrite Freck, add more Ned B. What is that one thing you would do? And um, yeah. I think that closes it out. Like, comment, subscribe, five stars on Spotify, listen, watch. Oh, wait, you can put stars on Spotify? You can. Oh, my gosh. You I've should been, put five of them. I've been blowing it this whole time. I'm Dang, sorry. Dude. You're on this show, and you haven't even rated this show. I totally forgot about giving the, the ratings on Spotify. Well, I don't think David has either because oh my, my other account is the only one that's rated us. Well, you know, I, I, hey, listen, that's man. showbiz. At the end of the day, it takes less than 10 seconds of your time yeah i've always said if it takes five minutes do it now mm. i've also always said this and i live and die by this creed this motto virtually all the problems in your life can be solved with 10 seconds of courage mm. five minutes of inconvenience or two hours of good old-fashioned hard work wow and virtually everything you could do for the 99 Nerds podcast can be summed up at least in one of those. Sure. Like you having to edit this podcast. Yeah. 10 seconds, right? Maybe. Just 10 <laughs> seconds of courage and it just gets done. If only. See, the problem with editing these videos is we make way too many callback references that yeah. then have to be thrown in. These deep dives, these deep somebody. cuts. We just know too much. Yeah. Dang it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Whatever you're doing, whatever medium it is, we appreciate your viewership. And like Sean said, 10 seconds of courage. Send us to the moon. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Peace.